Galaxy fans, this is Joe in the pilot seat, and every now and then I like it to where I break away from the regular crew, and we just do a little one-on-one -on -one fireside chat with one of our friends in the Star Wars community. Usually, we bug our good friend Mark Newbold from England, but today we're going to add in one guy who I think is funny as hell on Fanthatrax and really knows how to stick it to Mark from time to time, is... Uh, <laughs> Our, our new friend, Mr. Mark Molcaster. Mark, how are you? I'm all right. How are you doing? Nice to meet you, finally. Nice to meet you as well. I enjoyed exchanging emails, and I'm sorry for the delays. I know we were supposed to speak sooner, but between <sighs> work and holiday, it, it all got cluttered up. Absolutely. And also, I was I was on tour with the band in Europe for a couple of weeks, so I was yeah, really indisposed as well. You know, so I... Finished celebration, had a week off after celebration to basically put my life back together. And then literally I was uh, playing Germany, then I played Greece and got back. And then obviously I had coronations and, you know, it's just been a hectic couple of months. Yeah, I can't even imagine what it's like. I mean, we every four years have a presidential election, mm -hmm. but uh, to see you guys go through a coronation, that's got to yeah. be something pretty big, right? Well, massive. I mean, it's the first one that we've had for what 70 odd years so <laughs> you know um whether or not i i see another one in my lifetime it's, it's, it's fairly likely i'd think but hopefully not too soon i sure. think because because sure. just sort of the costs of them all you know it's like 100 100 million pounds or something just to to put the one on you know which is a a lot of money you could buy a lot of star wars figures for that so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I have to wonder if any of the royal family, well, I know uh, the sons, um, mm. Harry and, and William, they were very much into Star Wars. They were even speaking to George during the prequels, right? Was it during the prequels or was it during the sequels? Yeah. Well, they did a set visit for, I think it was, it was either Last Jedi or it might yes. have been Rise of Skywalker. No, it was, like, it, it was Last Jedi because that's why we got the royal uh, premiere at the Royal Albert Hall. But whatever scenes they were in, and I think that probably would have only been maybe a couple of shots, they were cut, you know, but I'm sure they were briefed before that. But yeah, you know, so I would imagine that them, maybe I would think maybe Prince Edward, because he's kind of like more into kind of TV and media and stuff like that. I, I reckon he'd probably be a bit of a Star Wars fan. And obviously I'd, I'd like to hope anyway, all the younger generation are brought up on Star Wars. You know, sure. Because it is a, it's a British institution in some respects, you know, built and uh, shot here so absolutely they should be kind of well up to date with star wars yeah i don't even know what i was thinking of prequels gosh those those young <laughs> men would have been very young then it just popped into my head but you're you're right um i, I actually spoke with with uh, mark newbold about this a mm. while back was here in america we think of star wars as an american thing but in in england I, i'm sure it's just as much if not more with all the filming and the actors and everything like that. So it's kind of a, a cross pollination of the two it, countries. It is. Yeah, it's transatlantic, you know, and, and that's the thing because, um, you know, there's there's a lot of collectors over here, especially collectors in the vintage era who very much kind of um, champion the Palatoy mm -hmm. kind of range of uh, toys and stuff. But because I'm kind of like what I consider a second generation star wars fans so i'm not og like mark and I, I like to kind of mention that and remind him that i'm a good kind of 10 years younger than him mm -hmm. i kind of got into it just at the tail end of the dark times just about when like air to the empire was coming out and when the new kenner figures were coming out the um mm -hmm. the power force 2 so for me 
I do see uh, Star Wars as more of an American institution. However, I see its roots, and as somebody who works in film and TV, obviously very much deeply rooted here in the UK. So it's a weird kind of like position to be in, you know, because I, I speak to Lucasfilm quite a bit. So, of course, you know, I have to work on their time zones and stuff like that, you know. So, yeah, but now it's been 10 years since uh, since they've, uh, they moved into Pinewood, and I don't think they're going anywhere else anytime soon. No, I, I I bet they've found a nice little home there. So um, just just to, I'm, I'm going to give even more of an intro. I didn't give a great enough intro for That's you when we started, but you, you are um, you are a co-host on Fanta Tracks. You you do the regular show, make, uh, Making Tracks, Cannon Fodder. What other shows do you do on there? Or we When we can get together and do it in a timely fashion, we do the reaction chat as well. So those tend to be fairly off the cuff, mm-hmm. uh, like live recorded reactions to normally the live action shows we don't tend to do them for any animated content um and generally we're we're we're, sometimes we we can record if we're lucky like within an hour of the the episodes dropping and we have that advantage that they drop at 8 a.m over here in the uk so therefore we could actually you know if we're fast we could kind of get things turned around by midday right um but other times, you know, it has been the, ne- the next day, Matt, and, you know, so, but that's quite good fun. And that was one of these shows that I kind of, I think I kind of spearheaded a little bit in terms of the idea anyway, because I thought, you know, we used to talk a lot in the shows and the main weekly episodes mm-hmm. of Making Tracks and and have that as a, like a review section. But then sometimes you get a really big, juicy episode of Amanda Noren and it would just dominate the whole episode as i'm sure it is for you guys so yeah. you know and then you then you've got that kind of uh you, you've got to weigh it all up don't you? you have to decide what news is worthy to talk about and what actually is more important you know and sometimes obviously the news is more important and other times it's quite rightly it's the actual things we're seeing on the screen this what we're reacting to yep no i i agree with you i don't think people who don't do podcasts understand that you you do have to weigh that out right you have yeah. to and especially if I've got three or four people on a show with me, I've got to give them their speaking time. I've got to give the news some time. Those those regular episodes of either yeah. Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian or Kenobi or what have you. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. So I think the we've talked about doing live reaction shows, but we also did, then said, you know what? We don't all have enough time all the time. So let's just move our show regularly to the day after the new episodes yeah, and that, that way yeah. we kind of we kind of say okay this much for this this much for news and other things but i love the way you went with that because it it does when i when i listen to those it's a quick synopsis and your feedback so it, it does hit pretty well so i really like those now you um besides being in a band you yeah. also are part of the rebel legion uk you've been that since 2007 is that right yeah yeah so yeah um yeah rebel legion uk which is basically known as elstree base within the rebel legion so um for listeners who don't necessarily know who the rebel legion are we are a non-profit star wars costume club um international we are basically the sister club of the 501st and i'm mm-hmm. also a member of the 501st uk garrison over here and the Vokchi clan uh mandalorian mercs club as well so i've i have my fingers in many costuming pies as it were wow um but yeah um so I've been the, the base well, so the base commanding officer or BCO for I think it's five years now. It might be my sixth. We kind of kind of blend together, especially with a pandemic as well. That didn't really yeah. help. <laughs> um and before that I was the XO, so second in command. And yeah, so we've been responsible for the Rebel Legion's main offering at Star Celebration this year anyway. So at Europe. Well, that that's awesome. That's one thing I have not jumped into. Um mm-hmm. You know, it, it's enough to talk my wife into doing at least a weekly podcast and occasionally yeah. going to some conventions. But for me to come home and say, honey, I'm going to put together this X-Wing pilot uniform or I'm going to put together a Mandalorian uniform. She's going to look at me and say, there's the door. Um, it was nice knowing <laughs> you. Uh, but... Well, I mean, but, you know, in fairness, it OK, it can be it can be a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, the all the clubs tend to operate on a you only have to do one troop as it were like one event a year to remain active and there's no time limit really on how long it takes you to build a costume so we have members who can kind of turn around and crack out a costume in you know a few weeks and others who take years i mean it took me 
ooh, about 18 months, maybe two years to do my Boba Fett, my Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett costume. Wow. You know, and that's, but that's not actually partly because I was physically building it all. It was because I was waiting for, you know, components from various different suppliers and stuff like that. And, you know, that's what kind of slowed it down. But, it, you know, I, I tend to say to the members, you know, it's it's not a race. And it isn't because as with most things, you know, if people rush it, and this is kind of where what we do as costumers is slightly different to cosplay because like with cosplay, you'll, you'll get this term like convention crunch. Mm -hmm. And they normally kind of like cram everything into the last week or couple of days before and like a convention. And we're like, no, 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 no. Because we want, A, we we want you to make sure that it's correct and it, it and it, it all kind of goes together properly. And it's not likely to fall apart as you walk onto the convention show floor. But also we have like, you know, um, processes that we have to kind of go through to approve a costume and stuff like that. So, you know, an X-Wing pilot, I mean, admittedly, Mark has been threatening to do an X-Wing pilot for, I don't know, since way before he, he started Fan for Tracks. Um, but it's it's a fairly accessible one. So, you know, w would you do an X-Wing pilot or what would your costume of choice be if you had, oh, you God. know, if you had the money and the time and be okay from the missus to do it? Yeah, I think, I think, um, Possibly either the Obi-Wan Kenobi, the the special edition black series figure where he was in the clone armor plus the yeah. brown cape. I think mm -hmm. I like yeah. that. Um or Biker Scout. Um Biker Scouts are cool. Yeah. Um or or maybe just Luke's uh, all black from Return of the Jedi and, yeah. and so Classic. forth. Those those would be probably, you know, that's probably what I'd lean to. I would say Captain Rex, but Captain Rex and the Kenobi would be so similar. It would just be popping on probably some different uh, attachments. Different yeah. yeah. And yeah. you've got the facial hair for Kenobi as well. So <laughs> you could probably get away with that. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Biker Scout is one of the costumes. There's not many that are on my to-do list, but I think Biker Scout is definitely on there, partly because I've got a Stormtrooper, like a standard TK mm -hmm. and New Hope kind of Stormtrooper. And I would like... I like the idea of having armor without necessarily having the restrictions of not necessarily being able to sit down. I can just about sit down in my Boba Fett. I actually yeah. have pretty good vision. Like I can see quite wide. You put on a Stormtrooper helmet and your vision's reduced. I think a biker scale might be okay, but you know, it's more soft parts. So actually you can kind of, you can sit down, which, you know, if you're doing a convention and you, you're there from seven in the morning and till seven o'clock at night, it's going to, yeah you know you want to sit down so yeah i that's something i don't even think most people think about is that no. that once you're in that it might take forever to get out of it and you're you're walking the crowd you're you know in different photo shoots you yeah i can i didn't even think about it myself bathroom breaks and just sitting down to eat right i mean yeah yeah exactly tough. yeah so yeah and, and also like you know here in the UK, we kind of have a, a fairly kind of, I wouldn't say strict, strict's not the right word, but we try to, wherever possible, kind of in, like just reinforce this nature that actually the, the person in the costume is actually from Star Wars. So I encourage our pilots to come up with some stock answers because we normally get, especially by kids, like, where's your X-Wing? So you <laughs> see that, you know, I normally yeah. say it's parked on the roof and, it's, and hope that they haven't got a glass ceiling, you know. Um, <laughs> But then it's but also stuff like we don't tend to take our helmets off in mm -hmm. armor, at least in public. And so therefore again, we would be out of armor and out of costume to kind of get food and stuff like that. But then the benefit is we then speak to the organizers and say we need somewhere to to dress. So can we have like a changing area so we can keep all our stuff there? And right. it makes it a lot, a lot more convenient. So actually you go there, you go in your normal clothes or what have you, you get into costume, you do as long as you want to do, so to speak, have a break. And then kind of go back out and it's it's fantastic. And I think the reason why I've been able to do it for so long is because of the fact that I don't do it like every single weekend. You know, we, right. we do have members who will go out every single weekend and then after maybe a year or two years, they've they've done everything, they've been everywhere, kind of burnt out. I do maybe in total between all the clubs, 25 maybe events a, a year, you know. So there's still quite a few. Mm -hmm. Um but it's not every week and it's not, you know, some people can go out during the week and stuff like that. And, you know, I think it's it's finding that balance. As with everything, I think it's a healthy balance between, you know, collecting and everything you do with Star Wars, including podcasting as oh, well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is very important for you. So I get it. Um, yeah. So uh, real quick, I was just looking back over some of your bio stuff and you had mentioned it, you know, coming in kind of that 
that uh, dark era. And, and I, I love the way you phrase that because that's exactly what I tell people who didn't grow up at the same time as me, or maybe, you know, my son, for example, who he was born in 1993. And I tell him you, you miss that, that decade, you know, or so of kind of darkness. Right. And yeah. you were born right when the Thrawn trilogy came out, then the new figures, then the, the special editions and it rolled right into the prequels, but that there, there was that dark era right there. Um, but I noticed you kind of started with watching the original trilogy on VHS and yeah. the Thrawn trilogy was coming out at that time when you kind of got started. Are there certain things that really drew you to Thrawn or was it you you watched the original trilogy, liked it, and Thrawn just kind of went along with it? Yeah, it was a it was a happy accident. I, I borrowed my copy of A New Hope off of my friend Sam. So him and his brother just gone out and just brought the, I don't know if they were the same over in the, UK, in the US, but we had over in the UK, uh, like CBS Fox version, so mm -hmm. they like white packet uh, jackets and that, and they brought those. Uh, we watched Star Wars around at his, and then I was like, oh, dude, can I borrow it? And took it back home and literally just rinsed it for like, you know, <laughs> next two or three days, just watched it on repeat. And then I was just like, I happened to be in the school library, and I was like, I wonder if there's any Star Wars books. And just so happened to pick up uh, Dark Force Rising. And I think I read Dark Force Rising before I even read Air to the Empire. Wow. It just happened to be the one that was available. So I was just like, okay. And, you know, at 11, 12, you can kind of, you don't get too tied down with, and you know, all the kind of minutiae and the exposition. You just kind of just read it and just, you know, enjoy it. So, yeah. And I, to my sins probably, still have that copy of Dark Force Rising from... <laughs> the library from yeah yately school library but it's still got a hard it's a it's a hardback you know so first edition i think it's still got the actual label in it so oh, god gosh. knows what my uh, library fees are for, for i was that gonna now, say but... you 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 might be able to fund a new wing at that school with those fees. yes yeah let's uh <laughs> yes yeah let's skip over that <laughs> <laughs> i'll delete that out in the edits um so yeah no it that for me, um, and our our followers and listeners have heard this a hundred times. It just so happened I was um, engaged at that time. Right. I'm I'm okay. I'm, the, I'm the same age as Mark. Um, so gotcha. okay. he and I yeah. he and I are that OG crew, right? Um, you look but, a, a lot younger than Mark. So <laughs> I'm not going to tell him you told me that either. <laughs> um, but my you know my at that time fiance walked in and said, "Hey, I know you mentioned you like Star Wars," yeah. um, and and as a, you know, as part of that story, I had sold a bunch of my Star Wars collection to buy her engagement ring. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was like, I'm, you know, I'm in my twenties. I, I don't have need for toys, even though I love them. Yeah. What am I going to do? You know, going to college, all that stuff. And, and so here she walks in with that book and I was like, well, I made the right choice because she, she bought me this book and I fell in love with it. And, yeah. you know, if she's willing to let me go and start reading these books, you know, uh, so heir to the empire fell into a great time for me. And then, like I said, my, my son was born a few years after that. And, you know, the rest is history. He and I started this podcast in January of 2020 because he was such a big fan. And then he, he had to part ways. He's got all kinds of things going on that's kept him away yeah. from it, but he still comes back as a guest, but yeah, heir to the empire and that, that trilogy, you know, for different reasons, mean a huge mm. amount to me, just like yeah. they were kind of that opening thing for you. So, yeah. and you, are you still married? Yeah. Did you yeah. get married to her? 30, yeah. Wicked man. 30 yeah. years later, we, we just celebrated our 30th. And matter of fact, oh, fantastic. The, the week, ah, yeah, the week before we went to Italy for our 30th anniversary, I did a show with Mark. And, um, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So he and I were chatting about traveling over to Italy. So it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Mark's, Mark's been really great to us. So, but, uh, but I'm glad we've got you here because he always says, Hey, you know what? Mark, no, this Mark is so entertaining. You got to have him on the show. And I'm like, Well, I listen to him every week. I, as soon as I can plan it out, I will. So, um, so going, going back to your fandom and your kind yeah. of love of it, obviously, cause, you know, the, not, not the cosplay, but, um, you know, the 501st and the Mando Mercs, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Rebel Legion, all that. You grew up, the original trilogy was your initial startup into it. Do you have favorites? Do you have favorites of either movies or characters? Or let, let's start with movies. Do you have a, a movie out of all the Star Wars movies that you just say, that's that's the one. That's the one that draws me back in every time. So there's something that I actually say. So I'm, 
you you may have picked us up from listening to Making Tracks, especially recently. I'm I'm also quite a big James Bond fan. And one mm-hmm. thing that I say to people when we go, oh, what's your favourite Bond or what's your favourite James Bond film? Is that there isn't a bad Star Wars film. There's just the ones that you watch the least. So, you know, put them out on its head. <laughs> probably the one that I do watch the most probably will be A New Hope, I think, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and yeah, I, I mean, partly because from a, you know, I did a degree in film and media production and, and, and stuff like that. I work in TV and, and film in post-production. And so for me, there, there's all, there's a, a nice completeness about A New Hope. You know, it's got a nice start, oh, yeah. middle and end. And, you know, um, you know, to think that actually the film could have gone completely differently or been received completely differently and that would have been probably the only film that we'd got other than maybe some crappy made-for-TV kind of sequels and stuff. <laughs> but... You know, luckily we dodged that bullet at least, you know, for a while. So, so yeah, probably a new hope. Um, but to be honest, now with Disney Plus, whatever, whatever I'm in the mood for, I, yeah. I have a big TV. I have like a 55 inch TV in my my suite at work, and it's just in the corner. And I come in, you know, most days, and I'll just stick on, you know, just a random random Star Wars film. And and that's the thing, isn't it? You know, we know his film so well that we don't actually need to be sat there watching him because have him on his background. And I do the <laughs> yep. same thing with James Bond films. Just, I just stick him on the background, look up every now and again, or get a chuckle when you kind of hear something or whatever, you know? So, yeah, but I think if I, if I had to kind of pick one Star Wars film to watch for the last time ever, then it would be A New Hope and... And I would be happy with that. Yeah, you know? I think I think you know you you can hit the nail on the head there. And I've not really thought about that, but just like you reading the Dark Force Rising before you read Heir to the Empire, think about mm. somebody who watched Empire or Return of the Jedi before they went back and watched A New Hope, right? Yeah. Um, but you're you're right that there is that beginning, middle, and end. And you could have, if they wanted to, said that's it, that's movie history, we made it, the heroes win at the end. You know, yeah. everything's all tied up in a nice little bow, right? The rebels won. The 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 Death Star got blown up. You you yeah, could have said George yeah. George could have said, I'm done with that sci-fi stuff. I'm gonna go do this. Um yeah. but yeah, that's really cool to think about that that, that really could have gone that way. But that's a good answer. I mean, look, original trilogy fans, it's hard not to say that you wouldn't be watching one of those three. I know I, I well, I'll ask you, did you go and watch recently the Return of the Jedi fortieth at the yeah. theater? I did. I was I was lucky in in respects that I got back from Greece. Mm-hmm. I had about three hours sleep. Got back from Greece, and and then within two hours, I was in my local cinema watching Return of a Jedi. And I, to be fair, actually, I don't think I've seen Return of a Jedi much this year. Maybe once around about January. So it had been a couple of months. And actually, I think sometimes when you do just randomly stick it on, it's a bit comforting, I think, for one, you know, as a familiar. But, you know, when you have a little bit of time removed from it, especially when you see it in a different presentation. So, like, I mean, how often do we get to see Star Wars on the big screen these days? Not very often. And me and Mark talked about it, actually. It's like you start seeing stuff and you start going, hang on a sec. (laughs) <laughs> it's it like like um Bib Fortuna's girlfriend on on the dais when like Belle she comes down the stairs and stuff and she's kind of asleep and stuff. The, the woman in the blue kind of jumps mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. you know, about like Marcus like I'd never spotted her before and and bizarrely I don't know if it's the 4K scan on the big screen which I probably think it would be more than anything else. You just pick up on things and you know there's a couple of things I saw. It's like that's was that an addition and 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 obviously because there's been so many different iterations you kind of go, was that actually in the original or was that something they slid in right. on the Blu-rays or was that 97's release? And you can go, oh my God. You know? Well, it's it's very funny you mention that because I I didn't get a chance to see Empire on the 40th because right, right in the middle of COVID and yeah. people just weren't doing that kind of thing. And mm. um, so I, I didn't venture out and do that. But I talked my wife into, she'd never seen Return of the Jedi at a theater, right? Um, right, yeah. She's only seen it on our TVs. And so yeah. I said, hey, it stops showing tomorrow. Let's make sure, because we just come back from vacation. I said, let's rush and go see it one night before it stops. And um, so I took her to see it, and she enjoyed it. But she was just yeah. like, well, we've watched it a bunch. So what was different? I was like, a lot was different watching yeah. it on that big screen. The, the two things that stood out to me was, 
while C-3PO was standing on the, the uh, stage next to uh, Jabba the Hutt, there was a creature coming out of the ceiling. Yes. Yeah. The little kind of, it, it looked almost like a Dianoga type yes. puppet thing. Yeah. 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 And, and I guess just in the smaller screen, I never pay attention to that. But on the big screen, it really stood out to me. I was like, have I been missing this for a while? Because I'm noticing every time they turn back to C-3PO for him to speak, it's right there next to his head. Yeah. Um, mm. So that one yeah. got me. And then our crew, uh, they did last week's show. I, I wasn't available to do last week's show, but they went on for about 20 minutes how half of them did not realize that the ATAT at at walking up to the platform while Vader was landing in the shuttle was the same thing that was opening up yeah, with the bridge. I, I, I know what you mean. Mm. Yeah. And I sat there and I was like, guys, I've known that for a long time. And they're, they're sitting there going, we'd never put two and two together. So, yeah. I mean, in fairness, that was one of those realizations, later realizations, that that whole that that one scene, because it's it's just a bit random because mm -hmm. like you don't see the perspective of Luke. You don't see like Luke walking in and you just kind of see the head kind of tilt down. And it's a, it's a bit subtle. And I yes. think it's quite nice because it's quite subtle. And then you kind of like into that kind of corridor and stuff and you can go, ah, OK, right. OK, now it makes sense. But yeah, I, I'm I'm with him on that. And I think two things. So obviously we've had a new color grade, new color time on the, the film since they, especially the OT and the prequels since they went to uh, Disney Plus. Right. Um, which we could talk about that, but it's not particularly positive as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Um, but also because you're in a cinema, so you're in a, you know, you're in the perfect viewing environment where you should be. So therefore it should be dark. And the only thing that you've got to focus on is the the, the big screen mm -hmm. and so uh, you know the problem i sometimes think with watching star wars at home and i think case in point me watching it at, at work as it were mm -hmm. is the fact we do a billion and one other things because we don't we don't have to pay attention to it but then suddenly you're sat there you can't do anything you, you know you shouldn't really be talking to your mate or your girlfriend and you certainly shouldn't be you know <laughs> on your phone so you've got to watch this film and there was um it was a, I think it was a Thai bomber at the top of a hangar bay, which is part of the matte painting, in the, in the scene when Vader lands in the Death Star 2, right at the beginning. Right. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I was just like, I assumed I've always paid attention to it, but then as, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that stood out. And it wasn't just that one matte painting, but again, some of the other matte paintings really stood out as matte paintings because we're seeing this in 4K on a big screen. So suddenly... Yeah. Unfortunately, the age of a film and, you know, Return of Jedi is definitely one of those films that you you can, with the, like the exception of the special edition enhancements, the CG elements, kind of say stands up pretty well for its age. But those matte paintings, a couple of those ones, I said, I call, you know, they start to really show their age, you know, you know, so. Interesting. But it's, but it's fantastic. I mean, I haven't seen Return of a Jedi. I don't think um, I saw it at the Royal Albert Hall when they did the music and concert uh was it last year? I think I saw it last October. But before that, it probably was 1997. But then when I saw it then in 97, I literally took all my, my savings as a teenager <laughs> and I saw A New Hope 14 times, uh, Empire 18 times and, and Jedi 14 times. And it was just because I my I was just finishing my exams. So my sure. exams finished, sword finished basically. So I was perfect you know kind of time to go and see it and and it was obviously released later than it was in the us so yeah um it, but it was nice you know and i hope they do it again i hope they do it for prequels as well me too you know? I, I i would really love to see that i mean we i i don't know why you wouldn't if i if i'm disney and if i'm looking for ways to bring in extra funds without doing much right yeah it, it would be keep flushing out uh, toys is more than they do. Um, and yeah. <laughs> and then also, um, you know, getting the movies out on anniversary dates. You know, every mm. every five years, you know, make sure that the the original trilogy comes out. You know, at thirty, at thirty five, at forty, at forty five, so yeah. on and so forth. Same thing with the prequels. Now, same thing with the sequels. I yeah. I am not the biggest of sequel fans. Okay. I enjoy. I enjoy all three of them, one less than the other two, and that's okay. But I, like you said, can I guess just... which one it is? <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, it, it's probably is. Yeah, uh, yeah but it, I mean, would it be I, the like, middle one? Yeah, well, a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. but but I mean, like you said, it's not bad Star Wars. It's just the Star Wars that doesn't 
hit you the same or doesn't go up to the hierarchy of what you really, really love. And um, yeah. so I've, I've always, we've had guests on who kind of rip on it a little bit and things like that. And I've said, look, unless some memorandum comes down from Lucasfilm and says this film doesn't count anymore, it still counts to me. It's still part it, of the yeah. entire story. Um, yeah. And that's how but, I'm going to live with it. So Yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean, I saw... So I saw Last Jedi twelve times over cinema, and 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 because I think, and and I know a lot of people kind of kind of like grin and bear when when I say that, and they kind of go, why? And I mean, partly this is just one of those kind of weird sycophant things that I do. I like <laughs> to see the Star Wars films in as many like options as I can. So if I, if it's in IMAX, if it's in IMAX 3D, if it's in 4DX over here, or like it, you know, they do a seventy mil print release. I want to go and see it because it's because every single time you get a different kind of experience and you think back to and you think back to new hope and you kind of go right how many people actually saw the original a new hope right. in like in, in mono or in stereo or you know when they when they did with the various different releases and that and i just figured do you know what i've got the time and generally have a disposable income to kind of go and do that these days so <laughs> therefore why not you know and right and also because i think the more that we live with a star wars film for more of that i think we we accept it you know and i think even within the first two years after the release of last jedi if there's there's yeah some some very passionate polarized people who will will never get on board with that film however there are some people who went do you know what i actually watched it just before i saw rise of skywalker or just i just saw it on tv and yeah it's not actually that bad you know i think once you get over the initial shock and then, and you come to terms with the fact it's now out there. It's nothing you can do about it. Just agreed. get on board. <laughs> it, I agreed. I mean, look, um, to an original trilogy guy like me, um, Luke Skywalker kind of meant everything, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so, mm -hmm. so that was that was a tough pill to swallow. Um, but I'm willing to go with the point of view of how they wanted to approach it if that's i i'm a big believer that will say um star wars has a different entry point for every person just just Absolutely. like with you versus me so there's yeah. someone out there that the last jedi was the first movie they saw or yeah it became their favorite movie and instead of destroying them or tearing them down it's better to have the conversation on well what did you love about it because maybe there's something i missed Right. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And and then we've done that. We've had a gentleman on who he, he absolutely like he'll go to his grave. Last Jedi, last Jedi, last Jedi. And I'll mm. we bring him on and I'll have other guests on and we'll go, okay, we're gonna have an open discussion. Let's and do it. Let, let, yeah. yeah, let's just because we're all friends. So it's like, yeah, what made it this way? So maybe we can relook at it. And and it's been yeah. very healthy for me anyway. It's been a good um <laughs> good therapy session to say okay it it's not as bad as i you know there's some people who say oh attack of the clones burn it you know throw it i i personally loved so different so many different things about attack yeah. of the clones and i'm probably not of the age group that should have but no, i, I right, had my yeah. i had my son yeah. growing up and watching the prequels like i grew up and watched the original trilogy so i got to watch it through his eyes right and so it it meant different things to me so yeah that's 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 interesting and I, I'm never, like I said, I'm never going to sit there and say, trash it. I'm not going to watch it to me. All Star Wars, when they say it's canon, it's canon. And I'm going to, I'm going to follow yeah. through and watch it. So my, you know, I mean, just to put it into proper perspective, my first real entry point into stars before I started watching it when I was like 11, 12, and I borrowed my, my friend's VHS, the first actual bit of stars I ever saw was the Ewoks and Droids cartoons. Yep. I was going to say, know? I knew, yep. And, and, you know, and so, I mean, I have a, a, a rather kind of like um, perverse soft spot for Latara of Ewok, but, you know, <laughs> let's not go into that. However, just, for, you know, for, for those cartoons, um, you know, I, I don't know, like, I don't know everything about them. I, you know, I, I haven't watched them properly for, you know, a while and stuff. But for me, those are just those things. And, you know, you think nowadays, every time there's a new release of Star Wars, it could be the, Je you know, the Young Jedi Adventures or it yep. could be Visions like you said new entry point and and obviously some stuff is canon adjacent or whatever but you know now it's all star wars because they will fold things in you know if something resonates with the fans they will find a way to kind of fold it in at a later yep. point 
I mean, you look at what they've done in the Mandalorian and how they folded in, you know, the legends and stuff like that. You know, so it's I it's mean, but, amazing. Yeah. yeah, and I and I think about it with with um, Disney Plus now allowing people yeah. to have all these entry points and to be able to just say I can see it all now and not have to worry about that. And then D Doc on our show, he's a big Lego collector, and like he said. It doesn't even have to be uh, video or book or whatever material. Yeah. Some people's entry point is the video games or or um, Legos. Lego, and I, yeah. And I and I'm like, wow, I never even thought about that because I am not a gamer. I couldn't play games if you paid me to. My my yeah. dexterity, I would butcher the whole thing. But it's fun for me to watch my buddies play those games because it's like, wow, mm. this is movie quality, right? I can sit back and yeah. watch this. So well, that's it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, because when I was when I was younger, when I was kind of first getting into Star Wars, it was Rebel Assault and mm -hmm. Rebel Assault Two, you know, and okay, they didn't really have much of a, uh, a storyline because they were really just following the scenes of the games and stuff. But then Shadows of the Empire came out, and it's just like, oh my god! So there's a there's a, there's a soundtrack, there's a book, there's figures, <laughs> and there's a game, and it's like, where's the film? <laughs> it's like, that's I... all that's missing. You know, what's funny is after the Thrawn trilogy, that next little sweet spot of mine that really just makes me reminisce about Star Wars is Shadows of the Empire. It's, yeah. It yeah. just it just felt so real, even though there wasn't a movie of it. So, yeah, it's, it's funny it's you bring crazy. that up. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I, you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, well, I was going to say, to to answer your second question oh, yeah. about favorite character, I, I would just kind of top this off because it is quite interesting because like from a fa uh, like from a film perspective, especially the OT, my favorite character is Luke Skywalker. But from the Legends perspective, because and that's the thing, it's like I think, mm -hmm. you know, the different medium has a slightly different kind of slant. It was always Han Solo because Luke, again, just kind of was just a little bit too. I, I used to find some of his storylines just a little bit dull, to be fair. And they kind of, I think authors were able to encapsulate who Han Solo was a lot easier than they were to encapsulate who Luke Skywalker is. And, and, I, and, and I, you know, I, I've heard people say that the Han Solo character was the every man's entrance into Star Wars. He yeah. he wasn't a Jedi. He wasn't a Sith. He, he was, was the every man. Yeah. Right. He was just a guy. Who, basically, you know, drove a car. Basically, right. I mean, he was good yeah, at driving. And, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and and shooting a gun and and he had a pet dog as George would say you know Chewie's like his pet dog, um you know so I mean I think you're right it was probably easier to write about a real based person than to write stories in the EU about this almost mythic creature in in Luke right because mm. Luke yeah. had we all were like where's he going to go next how great is he going to become how much of a superhero kind of a status is he going to be. Um, yeah. So I, that probably, and Brent on our show tells me all the time, that's one of my reasons why Last Jedi didn't sit well with me is because I followed all those EU books and thought, see, Luke's supposed to be able to create all this and destroy all this and everything else. So Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah. I mean, I think part of it comes down to, um, I mean, it comes back down to one of the tenants that George Lucas kind of used to say is that you don't, you don't want to be able to, to define the force too much. And the problem is when you start having to have somebody who's going to instruct people and explain yeah. what the force is, you kind of need to distill it down. And to be honest, I think how Ryan Johnson did it in The Last Jedi was pretty good in in respects to like how he explained it, you know, that right. scene with, mm -hmm. with, with Ray and that on, on the thing. Okay, the joke aside with a whole kind of like little leaf and stuff, I mean, amusing, but also <laughs> I, I, I am one of these people who don't tend to like a huge amount of humor in my star wars i quite like it fairly straight and dry and so like you know um chewy swinging across to the tarzan thing is kind of like one of the <laughs> I, I inwardly cringe literally and i clench up i think it's one of the worst things you know they could have done you know but other people find the humor and i've never found i don't know if it's just because it just didn't land with me at the age i started watching it i've never found star wars particularly funny i kind of get the patter Mm -hmm. I've never, you know, you know, I watch, watch, I watch stuff with Mark and stuff, and he laughs and all this stuff, and I'm just like, it, I don't know if it's because I've seen it too much or if it just <laughs> doesn't land with me, but you know, but that's fine because I don't necessarily need to, you know, find humor in Star Wars as such because there's so much other things about it that right. I enjoy. So, yeah, no, you know, I got gotcha. you. I think it's you know. great. I, I like that we have, I on the humor thing in the Last Jedi thing, right? Like, I think sprinkling in humor but it not meaning to be jokey humor yeah is good humor you know when you know 
Han Solo turning to Chewie and just going, laugh it up, Fuzzball. I mean, he wasn't trying to tell a joke there, but it, no. it was the approach. It just comes across he... funny. Yeah. Correct. I mean, and it's different. Uh, I think it, and I think it's the, um, you know, the problem with one of the, one of the problems with the sequels that I will admit to, and I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a big, like prequel, uh, not so prequel, a, de a sequel defender is I think that they were too self-aware at points. They obviously made too much like, you know, jokes at the expense of a franchise mm -hmm. as well, you know, and, and, you know, there's, there's a whole litany of, you know, what they did right and what they did wrong, I think, in, in the sequel trilogy. So we won't, we don't need to get into that. I was yeah, nah, nah. yeah. No. but, <laughs> but the humor is one of those things that I'm just like, yeah, you know, it, it was a nice attempt, but, you know, sure. I think somebody probably should have maybe, um, Cool time on it, I think, from <laughs> from Lucasfilm or maybe Disney. Well, Disney won't because they don't really get. I don't think they they quite get what Star yeah. Wars is as hey, such. I think you, you know? know they they could have brought Luke uh, George's ex wife in, the one who was in the, the uh, oh, documentaries. Yeah, she yeah. she was always one. You know, kind of saying I I would put the brakes on certain things here or there. Right? Um, yeah. Maybe maybe that was the magic we were missing in some of the uh, prequels and the sequels. I don't know, but yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah. But uh, so. One of the things I wanted to talk about, and I didn't want to okay. keep you long because you know I'm no. I'm zooming in and out of work. You're you're yeah. on your holiday there. Um, I can just talk forever. But that's <laughs> a problem. So you just have to tell me to shut up. <laughs> nope, it's not even a worry at all. That's why you're here. I want to hear you talk. Yeah. Um, but we weren't able to make it over to Star Wars Celebration. You yeah. and Mark were very involved with Star Wars Celebration. Uh -huh. So yeah, um, I guess give me your thirty thousand foot view of how it went, what you saw, what you liked, what you didn't like, and then maybe some of the things where you're like, wow, we left there and I'm really excited about this. So mm. it, the floor is yours. Talk celebration, just things that maybe will spark oh. me to ask another question. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, so I suppose to frame it all, um, I, I haven't had the, the pleasure of going to the U.S. to, to do a celebration okay. in the U.S. So I've been to... Um, <clears throat> both for London celebrations previously, so 2007 and 16, and Germany. Mm -hmm. And uh, for, for me, out of all the ones I have been to, Germany was by far my most favourite celebration. And that was partly because uh, the, the the German Rebel Legion, they said, oh, can you bring your Tantive Four corridor set? And so I said, yeah, sure. So, you know, they... Sure. They paid, like Lucasfilm, that paid for it to come over there. Um, we gave me exhibitor pass. I set oh. this, this set up. And then they're like, great, brilliant. Okay, so, you know, you need to be back here on Sunday at this time to kind of pack it down. But the rest of the weekend's yours. So I had this oh. exhibitor pass. And back then, you could, an exhibitor pass was almost as an access all areas. You could get you know, all, all the panels. You just go into a store. You didn't, I mean, it wow. wasn't a particularly um, super busy convention, I don't think, for one. But, you know, I've never seen so many stars panels in my entire life before. It was fantastic. And then obviously cut to, this one where i'm part of uh the rebel legion and so really i'm i'm you know spearheading the rebel legion's effort but also because rebel legion's part of this other kind of like bigger body which is known as the galactic senate which is mm -hmm. the rebel legion the mando mercs the droid builders the dark empire and the saber guild who are, it's, it's like a co-op it's it, you know it's okay. it's not like a a completely formalized standardized um kind of like body as such but it's it's the body that lucasfilm kind of refer to the fan groups as they call it the galactic senate and it was actually started up by the galactic senate so just through kind of default by the fact that the uh, l street base over here is the bigger club in the uk and saber guild didn't really have a presence until we set up a temple over here for celebration and the dark empire had again a very small kind of uh, representation i ended up having to do a lot more planning and and kind of project managing and stuff which is something that i've never really had to do not <laughs> on this kind of scale not right. on the scale of dealing with the local bases and clubs and also the you know the international leaders and and also lucasfilm and read pop you know so wow. so there was you know when it was announced last year we were i think for a lot of us were actually hoping it was going to go to germany to be fair i think you know there are some pros and cons with London XL. One of them is that it's not particularly cost effective. There's not that many hotels and, you know, a, a lot of the hotels 
sold out within the first you know night pretty much so you know we were lucky we were we i was i was in bed it was like 10 past midnight and then i i knew where it was going to be if it's going to be in the uk it's only going to be in london it's only going to be london excel so i knew where i needed to look in terms of hotels i just needed to know the date and as soon as i got the date booked a hotel and it still cost of you know a, a reasonable amount because it was four nights so mm-hmm. you know and in fact we had to uh, uh assume that I was going to be there at least one day before and possibly the day after to do the setup and pack down. Luckily, I don't live too far from, from the London exam. I'm only about, about an hour and 40, under two hours. So it's, you know, it was drivable for some of the time, but you wouldn't want to do it with everything else going no. on. So we stayed locally um, by the XL. Um, but I think if I can put the, the fan club involvement to one side and try and look at it from a fan perspective, I mean, I think it was pretty good. The Some of the uh, announcements that we got, we weren't expecting. The new films, I don't think yeah. we were expecting. At least, or at least we weren't expecting three new films. And the films that we were, you know, that we were expecting were possibly the Taika Waititi or something like that. Or, you know, um, and also it's a weird thing now we do the Lucasfilm showcase. It's like how much of this now would be focused on Indiana Jones? Because obviously Indy's, Indy 5 is coming out in was it June yeah. or July or something. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah so you, and and everything else you can like well we know we're probably you know and i think also it's from experience isn't it you you could probably write down 10 or 15 things as a prediction to say well we're probably going to get an ahsoka trailer we're probably going to get something more about skeleton true crew more about like the acolyte because that's filming over here and and so you kind of know roughly what you're going to get so then it's trying to look at other things that you know they surprised us with and obviously they surprised us with the film announcement so that was pretty cool um from a collector's standpoint i don't think there was much there the, the store was pretty good i mean i spent a pretty penny i mean don't get me wrong <laughs> I, I i did a good thousand pounds on on merch you wow. know but um but then i did buy vintage you know so and vin- buying vintage is always going to be you know very very and, I, and i'm just going to throw this in real quick while you're describing yeah. this one of my favorite things listening to you and mark discuss is what you get per week in your show <laughs> yeah. you go back and forth of discussing that so that's just a side note of i, I just really enjoy listening to you two go over the bits and bobs as you say just, of, yeah of... it is but sometimes it is literally it's, it could be like <laughs> a pack of stickers and stuff like that and that was one of the things i brought actually was i brought these um these kind of die cut return of a jedi stickers like vintage ones so they're like at five each and five quid each so i got all away of them or something so but i i kind of had earmarked money and i was like Do you know what there's probably not going to be loads that i'm going to buy modern at the convention because i'm probably not going to get a chance to go and get the hasbro mm-hmm. exclusive or stuff like that but if i see a couple of things from the vintage stuff I'll get that because that will actually mean more to me because there's some big holes in my vintage collection. And so I'm just like, let's fill it. So one of those was a Empire Strikes Back 8080 Walker, which was boxed, came nice. with instructions and stuff. Yeah. And the other was a Rebel Transport. Again, came with gas masks and low instructions. And the box is beautiful. And that, that was a really beautiful box. Uh, but one of my fondest moments, I think, from Celebration was on the Friday. And the f- Friday, it was packed. It wasn't a sellout. There was, from what I was told by Lucasfilm, about 20,000 at the London XL, which I don't know how that compares in the US, but that was, you know, it was really busy. And it was to do with the layout of the, the convention. Anyhow, so I picked up this, this 8080 Walker this box and my partner was with me and she's like how the hell are you going to get it across this hall across the, <laughs> the kind of like the um the promenade because uh, the london xl is literally it's two massive convention halls there's one on the left and one on the right and they literally have divided so that's how you separate up to get smaller halls wow um and and so we had to cross over this kind of busy through fair and i was like don't worry leave it with me trust me it'll be fine so i just i just picked it up and just carried it above my head just to protect the box not thinking anything of it but then people started clocking on to the fact that i had this 8080 walker and some were going oh my god that's really cool and when it got really busy people were like make way no no he's he's got vintage let, let him through let him through and i was like i'm gonna have to do this more often i'm gonna have to buy a replica box and make a fake pair of hands and wear it as a hat or something just because I could get through so easily. And I, mean, I never, for the rest of that weekend, I didn't get from 
one hall to the next as quickly as I did with an AT-80 walker. So that's awesome. Was, yeah, that's great. You know, um, I I've only been I've only been um to one of the celebrations that was in Indianapolis. It was okay. uh, 2002 when Attack of the Clones was coming out. Is that- um, was that number third one? I think it was maybe yeah. three. Yeah. Yeah. And then um and then I went to 2019 in mm-hmm. Chicago. And nice. um yeah. yeah, the first one was me and my wife and our kids when they were little. And the next one was me and my son after he had grown up and you know, just the two of us go up there and, and check things out. And I, I tell you what, those those things are so much fun. And now that we're in the podcast world and all yeah. this, we're we're really hoping to start making it a tradition of course japan probably is out of the question but uh but yeah i mean i just love going back to my 2019 time the community and the camaraderie mm. and everything like that and if i would have been running the podcast in 2019 and not starting in 2020 i can only imagine the people i would have spoken with and, and you know yeah. here now that i'm going to this, some of these small events here in the central part of the united states we run into people there who listen to our show or that we're friends with, you know, through social media or other podcasters. And it's, it's so much fun. So I cannot wait until the next one that I can really jump into uh, for an actual celebration. So it's, yeah, yeah. I have to say, um, I mean, this was the first, yeah, it's celebration that I've been to having been a podcast host or co-host as I prefer to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was really nice because I wasn't able to get out to the States. So therefore any live making tracks that they did out in Anaheim or what have you, right. Chicago, um, didn't have me on it. So Mark was really excited to, to for the fact that we could actually record one yeah. uh, live in celebration. And, and we were really lucky because we got Vivian Lara Blair on and she was fantastic. You know, I mean, literally, I think we, you know, she could come on our show anytime. She's just, just so good. So switched on and so smart. And, you know, I mean, you could tell she was tired, bless her. Cause like, you know, it was a it was long days, you know, it's, oh, yeah. you, they start at, um, well, you know, the show opens at like half nine for the Jedi masters and it goes till seven o'clock. So she was probably there, you know, from that kind of time, plus for jet lag and stuff, bless her. And, you know, she didn't stop talking. I was going to say the, the yeah. energy level didn't come off. Like she was tired. I will say that no, she came off with no. a bouncing ton of energy. She was, absolutely fantastic and <laughs> and the, the best thing was that she she gave well she basically put on the table as she finished her bit because she kind of stayed for i don't know about 20 minutes or so and then she had to leave to do something else but she left a little packet of uh like baby yoda sweets and like i was like i'm i'm having most but before, even before i think new body even <laughs> thought about it i was like yoink those are mine so i was like <laughs> I, so they're, they're in one of my kind of uh, bookshelves with all my pins and stuff. There's a little packet of sweets, you know, so. You know what? Uh, speaking of that, were yeah. you guys, I think I even sent you a message. Um, maybe both of you, I don't remember. But the beer mats, the beer mats. Yes. Okay. Do you still have mm-hmm. any of the beer mats left? I have so many beer mats. <laughs> yeah, so many. So, I mean, I'll, I'll be fair. So um, I'll have to connect with you on that. Oh, don't worry. Yeah, I can hook you up some ways. Yeah. So basically what happened was after the last celebration, um, we spoke to the, the, the guys and the team who had kind of organized that. And they were mm-hmm. like, look, I think Reed really want to try and do more immersive stuff. So if we do a standard event over here, standard convention, we'll probably have maybe one or two six foot tables with some tablecloths and we'll have, you know, some flyers and stuff, you know, how to join our club and what have you and what have you. But it's all a little bit dry and a little bit corporate. And mm-hmm. Anaheim was a bit different because they were opposite the Star Wars live stage. So Reed Pop and Lucasfilm said, can you basically try and recreate and and coordinate and so and and offer something that kind of is, you know, in kind of similar kind of keepers and make it a little bit more immersive. So they did right. more kind of immersive environments. And when I started speaking to um, the rest of the members, I was like, why don't we take this a little bit further? Why don't we just not have any information tables? We have all our photo set up. So, you know, we had an endor set up and um, the Mandos had like a Sindari frame for people to sit on and stuff. So why don't we just build our own cantina? Let's build a bar and we'll have people, you know, have the reps there behind the cantina table and members of the public can come up and just kind of talk about it and and we can have 
customers just floating around in character and mm-hmm. and stuff like that and can try and you know talk to the members that way and it was a complete experiment because i think that kind of thing needs a certain level of buy-in from the members and some members got it straight away We're like that's fantastic i'm just going to be in in character for the whole time and other people were like oh, i'm not too sure about it but there was enough ways that we could kind of work in the club information so you know we had a bar menu and rather than just having like uh items of food we basically just had a kind of description of each of the clubs which was kind of in a more kind of foodie kind of yeah you know description and stuff like that and and but i was like you know if we're going to build this bar let's build let's get some but let's get some beer mats so um a brilliant guy called wes burns um who helped us build this bar he designed for beer mats so i put a call out to the rebel legion uk members i said right first one we need is we need a name for the for the bar and we had loads of different names all different types we had people who wanted it to be more like a lounge something like more from like coruscant mm-hmm. um and i think um one of the best ones was actually um, a good friend of mine jeff he suggested veers and and have everything themed like cheers and i was like yes. man if we were if we were 501st i would be all over that <laughs> but we're but we're we're not you know and so this is going to be like a say a desert you know like a scavenger kind of bar so you know it's going to be kind of tatooine or it could be jakku it's like or navarro kind of keep it kind of like generic deserty kind of you know so let's let's think about awnings and stuff like that and you know so we had this bar which is like four meters long and one of our members came up with the name um, Wampus Arm. So, you know, so that's what we had. So we basically had a Wampus yep. Arm. Yeah. Love it. So, yeah. And, and and then literally the rest of it just kind of helped, you know, it just wrote itself. It's like, you know, you, we're, we'll make the logo, we'll have a Wampus Arm and a lightsaber, and that became the beer mats. And I, I spoke to a company over here called Firsties, like Code.uk. I said, look, we're kind of like a charity and the rebel legions kind of we struggle because we're not a registered charity because we're just non-profit non-profit yeah. volunteers who collect for other charities so we're not we don't have any kind of official kind of like you know uh authorization as such and they're like hey look we're we we can produce you five thousand for the cost of two thousand and i was like great and then didn't think anything more <laughs> of it until a massive box of five thousand beer mats turned up <laughs> But it was fantastic because it meant actually for once we weren't like having to ration the beer mats. So, you know, right. giving them out to people. I did a um, uh, collector's uh, track panel on the Friday. And so I was giving them out there and just, you know, just took a load around with me and just gave them out. And the one thing that really surprised me about this celebration was the amount of personal swag and merch that people were just producing, not just from like fan clubs, but just just members just of, yeah. of, you know, the community just had loads of stuff loads of random different stuff as well and it's like that's just a, a a whole community which you know since 2016 seems to have just sprung up of like people just producing their own stuff be it you know poker chips and stuff like right. that and yeah. you know everything and it's just like this is awesome so i felt a bit bad i didn't really have much more than just the rebel legion stuff on it but i know better for japan yeah. So, oh gosh, so if you're if, you're if playing in Japan, there you go. Well, you know, I mean, you know what it's like. I'm sure if oh, yeah. uh, like after, I'm sure after Anaheim, everybody's like, yeah, London, London. And then give it a couple of weeks, give it a month <laughs> or two. Realization sets in of like, this ain't financially, you know, very accessible for some people. Right. You know, and actually, my dad said to me, he said, "Why don't you fly out to Hawaii, spend a week there, and then go from Hawaii round to Japan that way?" I said, because he said, I bet it'll probably be cheaper when you're trying to fly direct. So I'm going to look at that tomorrow, you know, but, That's a good but plan. we'll see, you know, I mean, it'll be interesting because it would be my first celebration unless, of course, the Rebel Legion wants me there in an official capacity as an actual, you know, just a member of the public. So I've right. never been, other than the first one, as a member of the public, I've always had an exhibitor pass, you get in early, you skip all the queues, you know, which is a perk and it's a perk that you get used to very, very easily. Yeah. You know? I can, I can see that completely because I've never gone. Well, I've, I've never gone to a celebration is that I've gone mm. to, um, we have some great conventions or, or get togethers here to where I've, I'm now because of the podcast, I'm able to say, Oh, I'm, I'm with press, yeah, press yeah. or media and you get in, you, you walk around, you meet people, you get to see things. And you're like, this isn't bad. Like I could, yeah. I could live with this, but then you have to go back and say, oh, I've got to go back and make sure I'm at the podcast stage and I'm, 
you know, networking with people or I have my booth up to where people can come up and talk to us and all that kind of stuff. So you're right. It has its it's good and it's bad, but but yeah. I'll take the good any day of the week. Yeah, so. yeah. It's I mean I think with the last two celebrations that I've had to organize, so the the one in twenty sixteen and this one, you kind of you ex you have to accept the fact that you won't yeah. be able to go to the panel all the panels. You won't necessarily be able to get everything. I mean, last time I was I was kind of second in command, so therefore I had slightly less responsibility. So I was able to say to Susie, who was running the base, I said, "Look, from nine a.m. to eleven a.m. on Friday, you're not going to see me. And then when you do see me, I'm going to be, I'm just going to be like weighed under with shopping bags. But then from eleven o'clock to the the end of a show, I'm I'm here. But until I kind of go out right and get all that stuff, all the exclusives, I'm yeah, I, I won't be able to focus." And and this time actually, I was like, you know what? There's always eBay, you know. So one hundred percent. You can always 100%. get stuff on eBay, you know. So that, it but, might be pricier, yeah. as you mentioned on your show, but uh, yeah. but at least it's out there, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. There's nothing that's so limited, really. You know, um, that you can't just pick up these well, days. I tell you what, I'm I'm one. I I'm enjoying just hearing you talk about this because I missed it, and just hearing <laughs> the energy you have about it. It's got me excited about the next time I get to go and do that. I'm actually going to a convention here in the States uh, here at the end of the month. So I'm excited yeah. that our whole podcast crew is going to go down there. We're going to meet oh, up wicked. with some other podcasters. So it's kind of getting the juices flowing a little bit for that. Mm. But um, but as I, as we talked about, I've got to head back You've to got to head work out stuff. And yeah. I'll just carry on so, talking. <laughs> yeah. So um, how, how can't. This one is great to meet you. Made to great to and meet you. you face to yeah, face. it's been fantastic. And yeah. I can't wait between me, you, and that other Mark. Uh, yeah. We we all meet up sometime, hopefully here in the states, or if I get to come back to uh, Europe, come over there and meet you guys somehow, some way. Because uh, it's been great mm. finding finding play, finding things like what you and Mark do, and knowing there's people around the world that we can just talk to and interact with as friends, and yeah. you know, and just make new friends, right? And and. Uh, somebody told me once you get past 35, you, you really don't make friends anymore, right? You're kind of stuck yeah, in your yeah, ways. Yeah. And here I am a bounding around 51 year old man. And I've made more friends in the past two years than I ever thought I could. So, um, but thank you again for being a part of the show. What, oh, what, my pleasure. What, no worries. What, what are the best ways for people to get in touch with you? Um, you know, if they're looking around for Panther tracks or what you do, Mark. Oh, okay. So probably the best two ways. It's going to be Instagram and Facebook because I don't, okay. I have a, tw I have a Twitter account, but I very rarely kind of go on. I very rarely kind of want to stick my head up above a power pit on that <laughs> one, so, you know, but actually Twitter and Instagram, it's the same handle. So it is just at M Mulcaster. So okay. M M U L C A S T E R. Or to be honest, I'm more than happy to add people on Facebook, if they're happy to chat Star Wars and that, you know, just search for me, Mark Mulcaster. I believe I am the only one, at least that's the only one that comes up when I search for myself anyway. So <laughs> well, that no, might be a biased search. So. I will, we will make sure people who listen to the show will know that. And then we'll send that out and make sure because we, we dabble with Facebook, we dabble with Instagram, but unfortunately so much of our conversations with podcasters and other people here in the states are really a ton of twitter um and mm. like you um we keep our head pretty low like we don't stir things up we don't yeah we if there's some bear to poke we stay away from that completely absolutely uh yeah. and when we find those negative nancys out there who want to just tear everyone down and burn the world to the ground we kind of just remove ourselves from any of that stuff so yeah um we just try to have fun really i mean we might it's say what something it should stupid, be about but we, yeah. we just try to have fun so hey, but there's there's always another episode so you can always you can always write a retraction <laughs> or a you know, correction which is what That's i right. found we've done loads so you know it's it's all good yeah and the thing is it's all star wars so it doesn't matter that's the most important thing so 100 100 percent. well thank you again and believe me if i didn't have to do other things i'd say we go for the two hours and just keep going yeah. <laughs> um but but you know the the day job is calling me back yeah so, um absolutely. so if there's you know Everybody follow Mark, Mark Mulcaster. So M Mulcaster, M-U-L-C-A-S-T-E-R on Instagram and Facebook. And 
we'll just make sure we promote that out there, buddy. And if you're not listening to all the shows on Fanta Tracks, you should be because Fanta Tracks and go, you know, go to their site, go check them out. They do a great job of keeping everybody up to date on all things Star Wars, in my opinion. So, um, Mark, good luck. I can't wait. You, you know what? Yeah. Next time we'll get you on one of our regular shows where we get the whole crew. Yeah. And, and, and we'll just let them go crazy with you and, and just have some fun. <laughs> Sounds fun. You got it. Well, thanks so much, man. Thanks. Until uh, next week, everybody. May the force be with you.